Hi, and welcome to Zed Games. Recorded live at 4ZZZ Studios in Brisbane and broadcast nationally over the community radio network, Zed Games brings you the latest gaming news, reviews, and interviews from across Australia and around the world. You're listening to Zed Games, Australia's favourite gaming radio program. Coming at you live on 4ZZZ 102.1 FM, or you might be listening on Zed Digital or around the nation thanks to the Community Radio Network. I'm Razor, and with me are my co-hosts, Tom and Lee. Gentlemen, welcome. It's so lovely to be here again for another week. We let Tom back in. Hello. It's nice. I haven't been in in a while. Uh, yeah. A long while. What did you do last time? Last time I was here? Yeah. Um, I think I was talking about uh, uh, chess, which had just been invented. Ah, uh, okay. Right. That's how right, long right. it's been. And you said something offensive about chess. And so we had to... Black was... pieces and white pieces and... <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, we're entering into dangerous territory and should move oh, on like, from this... the most offensive place I can go with? <laughs> this this whole bit is terrible already. <laughs> just... and I know I have a lot of regrets. <laughs> And this is why this is why I'm not a let on very often. We are four mm. minutes into the show, and I already have regrets, and I think that's a whole new record. So thank you, Tom. Always a pleasure. Uh, this right. is the end of the episode. I'll show myself yeah. out. Catch you guys next week. Great. Uh, coming up on the show, Lee, you've been playing Dead Cells. It's a roguelike Metroidvania-style platform game. Yes, it is. It's a lot of jargon. Yeah, uh, but it is a very fun game where you are. Uh, weird headless ninja thing running around in some dungeons trying to get out and it is good and we'll get into why it's good later excellent uh before all that though we do have a backlog of news headlines to cover because we took a week off last week so there are heaps of news articles here that we uh, have yet to weigh in on Lee, there's a few here that will surely excite you. Yes, there are. Yeah. There's one that doesn't, <laughs> but some of these others are great, and mm. we'll, we'll get to the one that Ray is excited sure. about later. Uh, but without further ado, first up, uh, with regrets, uh, Telltale Games, the studio behind the episodic Walking Dead titles, as well as uh, choose-your-own-adventure-style games based on Batman, The Wolf Among Us, Minecraft, and Game of Thrones has laid off the majority of its staff, or 275 workers. According to a statement from the developer, a small team of 25 will remain behind to complete the Netflix and Minecraft interactive TV show that they are contractually obliged to deliver. All announced projects have been shelved, including the recently announced follow-up to The Wolf Among Us. The Walking Dead, the final season, was midway during production at the time of the announcement, with the second of four planned episodes released this week. A follow-up statement from Telltale said that they have been approached by potential partners to assist in seeing the game to its conclusion. You should also add that uh, all 275 staff uh, were let go uh, without any form of compensation, uh, and their insurance uh, runs out at the end of this week as well. Um, So... Uh, it has somehow gotten to the point where, yeah, Telltale have just gone, we have like no money, and you get no money at all. And, you know, if you're sick, you're in trouble. Goodbye. Goodbye yeah. forever. It's fine. Goodbye. That also follows the revelation of the terrible working conditions that the employees were under, uh, a story that all too often we hear in the gaming industry these days. Mm. They're being worked 
uh, to hell, you know, around crunch time. Yep. And with the Telltale episodic series, uh, st- episodic style of games, that's that's quite often for those guys. Yeah, they were essentially operating under crunch at all times. Uh, and, and yeah, to then get to this point where there's no severance package or anything, they're just sort of shown the door uh, and not not even told good luck, just goodbye, is uh, the level of mismanagement that is kind of terrifying to even think about. How? How does that happen? I mean, this studio from the outside looked so successful Mm. uh, that I would think uh, 50 million units sold. Yes. uh, By a studio that, that really shouldn't have had the kinds of overheads that it obviously did have. Yeah. Yeah. Is this just, you know, a game developer who had no idea how to run a business or was there something more nefarious going on? It's um it's it's hard to really pin down exactly what the cause is here. We know that there have been management issues. We know that previous managers were ousted from the company um you know because of perceived issues of mismanagement. We know that uh, a guy from an ex Zynga guy was brought in to uh to uh, run the studio, which, you know, maybe that is some area of influence there. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, the you know, regardless, um, you know, it's astounding that they should, you know, get to this stage uh, where they're... I think there's, there's a class action lawsuit against them at the moment from some of the staff because they think that the, the way that they've been let go is illegal. There are some loopholes in the way that California's employment laws operate that they think they've been able to get away with but um they need some sort of severance or compensation for this kind of mass firing probably and they might not have done things uh, completely above board in the way that they did that um but uh yeah there are i've i've heard tales of staff that are uh you know on working visas there people who moved who who started the week before everyone was let go and who moved across the country with their family to start that week so it's clear that this was such a sudden thing um and apparently there were there was an article today that uh there were two potential investors there was a a Chinese uh, publisher and uh, the production company AMC were both looking to invest or invest additional funds and they both walked away last week and that was pretty much what put the the nail in the the coffin there Mm. right because that was that was the money that would have been able to pay for the making of the the next things yeah I saw a graph of their sales for um all of their respective titles mm-hmm. and it seemed that there's an intense massive spike mm-hmm. uh, with The Walking Dead Season 1 yep. uh, which was fantastic amazing game my game of 2012 I officially listed it right. on the Z game special yep. just, just for uh, posterity there um, they sold like I don't know 60 million units or something ridiculous like that and they they must have like sort of expanded their their company and sort of taken on projects with that sort of projection in mind, like that, that they would be able to meet those those sales figures again. But then you see the drop in sales. Like I think The Wolf Among Us had a third of the amount of sales, but even the Batman games that they put out, even the, the Game of Thrones games, these are games that have massive fan bases. 
I only sold like barely a million copies or even less, um, which would have been like really expensive to to license and make those games. Yeah, the, the, those are expensive licenses. You would have assumed that they would have brought numbers. I mean, a million in sales, like that'd be nice. Uh, <laughs> but at the scale that Telltale were operating at uh, and and the kinds of overheads that they would have had being in California where it's like $3,000 a month for rent there. Um, like that's, that's a lot of money that they were just like pouring down the drain on, on these games. Mm. Um, yeah. And as a fan, I'm very disheartened, you know, uh, great sympathy to the workers that lost their job and it's a terrible thing in the industry. And, you know, the company shockingly managed. Uh, but just as a dude that liked playing the Walking Dead games to, to have it stopped in the middle of the, the, the last season that was going to f- complete this story arc. Mm. Uh, I'm very disappointed as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, just heartbroken. I want to know what happens. Uh, so I don't know if they can work out some way to, you know, uh, you know, no one's expecting anyone to work it for free, but if someone can <laughs> swoop in from the outside <laughs> and sort of like just come in, maybe the guys who made that terrific other game uh, could come in and, and finish it off. Which terrific other yeah, game? Yeah, yeah. Struggling any of them. For them. Any of them. Who no, are, I'm, I'm praying for a miracle here. Who are these scabs yeah. that you're uh, you're recommending? I'm just wishing because cross the picket lines, you know, buddy. It's it's all about Clementine. Yeah, yeah. You know, I just want to know what happens to her. I, I think for me, I want to know what happens to the 275 staff who are suddenly yeah. out the door. And right. I think I think that's probably the official position of Zed Games. Okay. More so than what happens to Clementine. Well, yes. Yes, but you know, um, uh, there's that's that's obviously the more serious, more impactful Absolutely. aspect of this story. But yeah. the other is that, um, you know, this 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 company won't be making their games anymore. Yeah, um, and that's you know, there's there are a lot of fans who will be disappointed and, and disheartened. Yes, you know, as much as they are uh, feeling. Uh, they 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 have their sympathies with these these poor developers who. Are I, I think those fans actually probably are, they they should probably not be harassing the the poor staff on the internet who are uh, lamenting the losses of their jobs. I think I think that's a pretty good uh, idea generally. Yeah. Just don't harass people on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's yeah. That's that's <laughs> a that's a good position. Yeah. No, it's it's a it's a shame <laughs> to see uh, to see Telltale go under because they had a tremendous body of work. There's a lot of people there who worked very hard at their place, but at the same time um, it sounded like it was also just a big meat grinder that Mm. that Mm. ruined human beings who were exploited for their their passion for the the projects and for the properties that they were working on. Uh, And the real tragedy is that the people who made the decisions that led to this will probably walk away rich still and able to to do this again somewhere else mm. <laughs> i think I, I think you're right but you know whenever there is such a big uh big talent pull let go yeah you know not immediately but five years down the track we're going to see probably some people working on ideas that were different to this yeah but uh nonetheless fantastic so that that might be a silver lining to this. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, Anyone who is able to survive over the next couple of years mm. will produce some very very good games yeah. further if down they the don't track. Yeah. Yeah. 
Moving on to the next story now. Uh, Nintendo Switch's online service launched last week using the online functionality of games like Splatoon 2, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, and the upcoming Smash Brothers and Pokemon games will now require a subscription. The service offers cloud backup for saved games, and subscribers will also gain access to a library of NES games like Mario Brothers. Nintendo Switch online subscriptions will cost $5.95 per month, $11.95 for three months, or $29.95 for the year. Now, Ray, you have a Switch. Yeah. Um, Are you interested in their online service? I haven't got it yet. Right. Um, Haven't really been rushing out to get it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, last time I played Mario Kart, I became... I lost my faith in humanity. <laughs> uh, so I'm not super keen to rush back into it. I see. Uh, Why however, did you lose your faith in humanity, right? He found out about Toad. <laughs> 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 Moving on. Uh, I was hoping to fire up Splatoon 2 for a, a quick go, but it looks like I'll have to pay extra if I want to do that, yep. unfortunately. Yep. Uh, look, I, I I like the fact that it's half the price of of Sony's and Xbox's online service. However, I am disappointed by the fact that it offers less than half of what I get with those services. Yeah. For example, you know, PlayStation, who I was with uh, for the PS Plus thing, six free games every month, you know, or mm. free, whatever. Six yep. games a month that I can play. Uh, that's that's fantastic. Yep. You know, that's a, that's a pretty good incentive to get it. With the Nintendo Switch Online... You know, Mario Brothers. It's not even Super Mario Brothers. No, it's the old the, it's the one. Yeah, Not even Super. Yeah. It's just plain old Mario Brothers, you know? Like, I don't want to play that. Yeah. I, I you know, who who wants to play it? You Anyone can, in this room? No you, one. You, you can get that, like, hidden for free in Mario Brothers 3 anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a weird value proposition, right? Um, if I were madly invested in say Splatoon 2 mm. then I can see why well I would either be 14 and sad because I would suddenly be <laughs> losing my access to this because yeah. it's a very hard thing to convince your parents to let you mm. this or alternatively um, you know I I would be fine and that would be the reason to, to do this because like Splatoon is their online game that they've got mm. Um and without the online component, Splatoon is pretty light as an offering. Yeah. Mm. There's almost nothing there. Mm. Um, but I've got, like, the, I am playing games on my Switch, but there's Zelda. I hope no one ever gets to join me in that. That would be terrible. <laughs> That's the one good thing about that game. There are no other players. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I have PS Plus, and I've gotten some good stuff out of that. Uh, but I really, at this point, I don't care about what are now 30-year-old NES games because as much as I like River City Ransom, it's time has not treated a lot of those titles super kindly, no. right? Mm. Like, they're, they're good, like, hey, look, it's, you know, we're playing River City Ransom. The, the thing with the snow kids that I forgot the name of, but also, like... Yeah. The ice, ice something. Ice climbers. Ice climbers. There we go. Yeah, there we go. Thank God. The only reason I know that is because of Smash Brothers. Yes. Yeah. Which yeah. is, I think, I think probably one of the few reasons you'd get this. Yeah. You're right in that it's it's a it's an odd price point. Yes. Because for the people for whom this doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, and for the people, but it it is creating a barrier for those people who don't have. 
the ability to pay for a subscription service. Yeah. One of the selling points of the Switch was that it didn't have this online functionality that the other consoles did. Mm. Oh, sorry, this this online paid service. Yes. Um, and 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 that was great. You know, it's a it's a buy once and get the game, the games that you want to play in yeah. the way that we play now. You know, we play these games online. Um, uh, and and so taking that away and charging what is you know. If if you're paying thirty dollars a year for a subscription, I'm sure that's going to add up for Nintendo. Hmm. But it's it's just enough that I'm like, oh, really? Another thing? Yeah, like, yeah, that's what it is. It's another thing. Yeah, yeah. And it's and it's not enough for for me to get upset about it. I mean, I don't own a Switch, but if I did, I'd be like, yeah, sure, whatever. Thirty bucks a year, <laughs> fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll pay it, and I, you know, you only have to think about it every twelve months when you see a bank statement, and you're like, ah, oh, thirty. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. But it's definitely compared to uh, Xbox Live Gold. Yep. It's fantastic. Yes, um, good service. And even if you don't have it, you can still access online things. Yeah. Um, uh, PlayStation Plus as well, fantastic. Nintendo, great. You're giving us games from 30 years ago that come out every console generation, <laughs> every yeah. single generation. And, and most of the time, it's not bundled with, with something that you need to buy. Mm. Normally, it's like, hey, here's some free things or, uh, you know, uh, we're going to release a a big game thing with all the games from our backlog, whatever, for 70 bucks, and you can pay that, and great. But this is... uh, Yeah. yeah. Uh, A lot of people that I've spoken to about it share the same sentiment. I just hope that Nintendo listens, and they can build it build it up over the next year or so maybe add some value to it if the library of games that came with it expanded significantly I could see some real value in that because there's a lot of like the Super Nintendo era the 64 era the Mm. you know the the GameCube era that uh, was really really good and I would love to see some of those stuff those games be be available there's a whole like ton of really like weird uh, Super Nintendo era things that I, I desperately would like to be able to play again mm. um, and yet I just I, it, it seems like it's in their best interests as Nintendo and the way that they operate to keep all of this stuff close to their chest for some reason or it doesn't seem like it's in their best interest it's just the way that they have operated in the past mm. right yeah it took them so long to add any of that stuff to the the Wii yeah. and their digital store and and I, then it was in a weird format anyway I think, yeah, and I think the other thing is that this is really not essential to owning mm. a Switch. Yeah. I mean, the, the games that you play online, Splatoon, uh, you mentioned, is, is multiplayer only pretty much. Yeah. Um, but uh, who, hasn't, who hasn't played that to death? Yeah. <laughs> um, mm. You know, and, and then the other great offerings on Switch are single player. Yeah. Now, with the exception of uh, Smash Brothers, mm. um, which... I think will always be a game that's best as a couch game for sure. Um, there's there's really no reason that that you would want internet access anyway mm-hmm. to play online multiplayer. Yeah, but I don't know. The mo- I've played. So I, mm. I, I think it's just I think it's just putting a gate, but like cutting all of their games down in half and saying you know this is the stuff that you can access for free and this is the paid content. Yeah. And it's it's just a terrible move. <laughs> I don't I don't like it. Yeah, yeah. I but, I, you know. I feel no compulsion to pursue it, mm. and <laughs> and it seems unlikely that they will 
be able to hold something up at mm. this stage as the reason why I would pay pay money, pay additional money mm. just to get access to whatever. Mm. Yeah. You're listening to Zed Games with Razor, Tom, and Lee. We are midway through our gaming news headlines. Bit of a backlog since we took the week off last week. Stretching our feet out, <laughs> kicking back, playing Spider-Man and other games that are cool. Uh, but we're back on the air. And while we were gone, this happened. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, I thought it was right to comment it. But here, here's the story. Uh, Nintendo fans worldwide were shocked and gobsmacked after an excerpt from adult film star Stormy Daniels' memoir revealed that Donald Trump's penis resembled Toad. The quote published in The Guardian last week is too offensive to, for broadcast, uh, but she used the comparison in a disparaging fashion. Mario Kart trended worldwide as thousands of disgusted and amused commenters expressed their feelings about the disturbing revelation. It's the second time this year the adorable mushroom-headed man has been thrust into the spotlight after Nintendo revealed that the mushroom was part of his head and not a hat. Well, that all makes sense now, doesn't it? Um, she specifically said that uh, it was a Toad from Super Mario Kart, right? Yes. So we, we know the specific version of Mario Kart that, uh, the, you know... That, that, that has the resemblance? Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Was it Double Dash? No, 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 Super Mario Kart. So oh! From the SNES era. I see. Yes. Okay, that's a bit blocky, though, isn't it? A well, bit pixelated? Yes. You know, it's a censorship filter, surely. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Hmm. Uh, uh, why? Why exactly are we commenting on this? Ray it's, likes it's to like torment an, us. It's, it's the gaming related. It's the biggest gaming related new, news, like in the last month. Is it? Yeah. But is it? Is it gaming related? I mean, I don't know. It, it's kind of pop culture, isn't it? That's also our purview. Yeah. All I right. guess. I guess so. But I don't know. You just don't want to think about it. <laughs> well, you have to. I just love how graphic it is how illustrative it is um <laughs> but so innocent and it's it's unfortunate for toad and lovers of toad everywhere because like the characters become somewhat tainted now i mean how many years is this going to last this association it's really bad i'm a big toad fan myself mm. it's yeah. one of those once you see you can't unsee sort of in it yeah. i assume it was the same for stormy daniels too <laughs> <laughs> Toad is a, a pleasant, smiley fellow, and it's a real shame that, that his whole persona has been besmirched like this permanently uh-huh. also. It's going to be very difficult to pick the fastest character in, in Mario Kart now, knowing mm. that he has been ruined <laughs> in this fashion. Well, there is Toadette. There is, yes. Yeah. That's true. So she's clean. <laughs> she's she's good to use. Uh now, I don't know if anyone's commented on this before. I haven't done too much reading on the subject. Right. But one thing that I have to note is that Toad has a white head with red spots on it. Oh, mm. no. Which which could be a bit sickly in a, yeah. in a human form. Yeah. What do you think of that? I th- I think that that the president should get that checked out. <laughs> but this would be admitting a failing, which he seems incapable of doing. Mm. Um, anyway, this is horrible. Yeah, this is the worst, and uh, and I hate it 
and we yeah. should move on to the next news uh, article. We, you know, to be fair, as journalists, we can should I move present... on to the shower? <laughs> that's, that's all I want. I just want an to... acid shower. Yeah, uh, a bath. Yeah. To be fair, to be journalistically correct, uh, it should be said that Donald Trump did weigh in, and he <laughs> categorically denied it. He said it was fiction. So, you know. You can choose who to believe. <laughs> there's, there's an out there for those who don't want to picture it. Or, you know, he might have a normal pe- penis. I don't know. <laughs> I, I felt like you'd been so delicate uh, up until that moment. Yep. Yeah. You'd, you'd danced around it all, but mm. yep. I guess... Moving I guess. on. All right, let's move on. Uh, the idea. end is in sight for Sony's handheld gaming device. Ah, ah gaming play- news. The PlayStation <laughs> like Vita. The PlayStation Vita. As the company revealed, it will cease production of the console in Japan next year. Additionally, Sony Interactive Entertainment executive Hiroyuku Oda said in an interview with Famitsu Magazine that there are no plans for a successor. The PS Vita launched in 2011 and sold an estimated 10.5 million units worldwide. I, when, why would they need a successor when it has been so successful a console? You know, <laughs> everyone has one. We all play the vast catalogue of games that yeah. it has in its library. Yeah. You know, like... Are you are you getting it confused with a different console? Oh, I'm thinking of any other console. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. Okay, right. The Vita was that... <laughs> That, yeah, no, that did not have a great launch. Remember mm. Tearaway? That was a fun-looking game. Yeah. That was that was great. Yeah. To look at yeah. the trailer while we played on our 3DSs. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, okay. man, the 3DS, now that's a console that you just can't kill. So <laughs> many so many good titles, so many versions of it released, super successful. Even, even now, you know, they're still bringing out games for that even when mm. the Switch is out. Like, I want them to stop, but they're not going to just because it's so successful. What are we yeah. talking about? The Vita. Yeah. <laughs> you have one, right, Ray? Yeah, I've got one. You know, I turned it on, actually, the other day. Did it cry? Yeah. Yeah. That's what normally happens when Ray turns things on. Oh, no. Yeah, I played Katamari on it. Yeah. And um, I'm looking forward game. to that hitting the Switch. Did you know that that's going yeah. to be out of the Switch? Is it? Yes. Why would anyone need a Vita, then? <laughs> oh, I guess that's the point. <laughs> <clears throat> hey Lee. Yes. What about all of those technicians, engineers, and designers that worked on the Vita? I, they're fine. What, are they? Yeah, because they're kind of making fun of them, aren't you? No, not at all. They they all got paid and paid their their dues, <laughs> and they're probably working on producing like you know new things now yeah. that were successful. Yeah, probably. Like this didn't like suddenly tank Sony. Yeah. But but I appreciate your attempt to uh, hit me with your gotcha <laughs> journalism there. <laughs> okay, all right. I think uh, for the other PS Vita owner in Brisbane that's listening, <laughs> I think it's my duty to defend it on the air. Sure. Hmm, uh, look, the device itself was fantastic. Ahead of its time, so many features. Back in 2012 when I got it, had everything. An OLED display gyros a rear touchpad that's a it's an idea so good that no one's ever copied it (laughs) (laughs) you know front touch display you know stereo sound dual analog sticks all the bells and whistles two cameras one on each side the Um, back touch display now that was an innovation yeah yeah but you know it was it was pretty expensive and then there were those drake's hair (laughs) 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 the device is great and you know what it feels better to hold the vita than the Switch. Like, it's more comfortable. It's a very ergonomic thing. Um, well, it's also lighter because there are no games on it, right? Jesus Christ. I think, though, <laughs> I mean, they had a good 
uh, thing going with PlayStation Plus on that. Yes. I think, if anything, Nintendo <coughs> uh, could and should learn from mm. uh, Sony, but I think Sony had a much better backlog to draw from. Yeah. Did you ever take advantage of the uh, playing the PlayStation 4 games on your Vita? Thing? Yeah. Is that that seemed like a cool idea. That was really cool. Yeah. Ray, when... Uh, when I first met Ray, yes. Ray had a PlayStation in his room, yep. but sometimes wouldn't want to get out of bed, so he'd play the game on his Vita. This says so much about you, Ray. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, I guess that probably wasn't public knowledge, but yeah. I, I thought it was so amusing. It's very that... secret. <laughs> very confidential, potentially career-ruining information. Thank you, Tom, for making that public. Uh, like no, this it's great. massive big TV you could have yeah. played on. <laughs> yeah, but who wants to like roll slightly to the right <laughs> and look at the TV when I could just whoosh, pop out the Vita and play there? Yeah. It was fantastic. Like back in 2013, when I was showing that feature off to my friends, they were all like, "Oh my god, I can't believe that those graphics are on the." on a handheld because mm. the technology simply wasn't there. Yeah. Uh, it was very impressive. Now, you look at Zelda on the Switch and it's like no big deal, really. Uh, you got Skyrim on the Switch. You got, you know, the uh, the Mario game. It looks fantastic. Um, so, you know, the technology's caught up. But back in the day, it was, it was really something. Yeah. Mm. yeah. You, you do need to have those innovators who, like, you know, strive forward and then, you know, sell three units in Australia. Um, but everyone's like, you know, they... That that back touchpad. That's the we got to get on that. That's the thing that like I hope that they release a version of the Switch with the back touchpad. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. What 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 was that used for? Did you ever use that in any game? Oh, uh, it was used in Tearaway. Yeah, you could poke like, your finger into the world. Yeah. It was oh. a gimmick. Okay. Was gimmick. Yeah. Such a gimmick. Right. But but an expensive one, presumably. No doubt. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was more of an annoyance than anything because. Um, it would the, the Vita itself had like two shoulder buttons left and right, but there would be a bunch of games that wanted two shoulder buttons for each side, mm. and so it would map an extra virtual button to the rear touchpad, which uh, sounds like a good idea. But when you're using the device and your hands are going everywhere and you're accidentally pop, popping the button, mm. uh, it's it's terrible. It's very annoying. <laughs> Worst thing ever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, last news item for today uh sony will launch the playstation classic in december offering a miniaturized device to rival nintendo's nes and snes classic mini consoles the device will be 45 percent smaller than the original 95 1995 console and includes two full-size controllers and 20 built-in games so far final fantasy 7 tekken 3 and ridge racer type 4 have been confirmed as being part of the lineup the PlayStation Classic will launch 3rd of December and will cost 149 Australian dollars. What do you think about this? Me? Yeah. Not interested. <laughs> oh, there we go. No. Because <laughs> you've got your Vita. Yeah. Why, why well, would you... You know what? <laughs> the Vita has uh, all of the PlayStation 1 games on it. Yeah. Yeah. That's I've got true. a bunch of them. They're great. Metal yeah. Gear Solid. Yeah. It's fantastic. So... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I don't need it. Yeah. Um yeah, the PlayStation 1, mm, great, some great games there. Yeah. Some fantastic games there, but not long ago enough right. for me. Yeah, yeah I, mm. I've already pr- purchased, again, some of the games that, I've, that I'd like from that. There was a, an era where the, the, the demographic of gamer exploded with the PlayStation 1. Mm. Um, 
there are going to be a lot of people who have you know a, a great deal of nostalgia for that people slightly younger than us i think Slightly longer than you guys. Well, maybe, maybe my age. You, yes, yeah. that's right. I have I have a lot of fond memories of the PlayStation One, and yeah. it was a beast. Like yeah. it was it was a massive thing. I'm glad yeah. to hear it's going to be about half the size, which will make it about the size of a current gen console. Yeah, I yeah. Um, I hope that you don't have to like flip this thing upside down to get it to function after a year and a half. And right? I, yeah, yeah. I definitely hope it doesn't have any uh, save cards. <laughs> memory uh, cards. Because memory cards, those yeah. were the single worst invention. I yeah. hope that Final Fantasy VII, like, requires one and it doesn't <laughs> ship with it. Yeah. And it won't tell you yeah. until Where it's you like, can get it. Yeah, 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 you're about to go to the second disc. Mm. Please insert a memory card. Oh, my God. I remember, like, so many people have this shared experience where you, you bring Final Fantasy VII home, realize the scope of the game, mm. and you, you, you try and keep the console turned on for as long as possible mm. while you send someone else to get the memory card or, or just <laughs> save up for a memory card and keep playing the game while not turning it on, turning yeah. it off, and then you know telling your parents, hey, don't, don't touch the PlayStation. <laughs> I've got a thing going on over there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you were so, like, uh, worried that somebody was going to bump into it or something that, mm. like, you'd disconnect it every time and, and take it with you yeah. or something. And then you'd realize that you'd accidentally disconnected the power cord. And <laughs> 60 yeah. hours of your life had to be replayed. That was that was replayability back yeah, in the day. That's right, yes. That's enforced. <laughs> they, don't, they don't make games like that anymore. Yeah. Uh, I, also, I also remember bypassing the region locking thing. Uh, like, I, I read a magazine like a real magazine with paper and everything mm. and it said this is how you play imported games on your PlayStation and you had to like get a biro and pull out the little ink thing mm. and you had to use that in conjunction with super fast swapping speed like a DJ or something like Grandmaster <laughs> Flash or or like Mike the DJ or whatever yeah. Mixmaster Mike and you had to like at at the certain point in the opening uh, logo screen thing when the PlayStation fires up, at a certain point in the chime, you'd have to open up the thing, stick the bar in, and then sw- switch out the the discs. Mm. And then there was a there was a particular point where the PlayStation read the uh, the localization info, like where where is this disc from, and you could bypass it with this very very complicated maneuver. Yeah, I had to with my PlayStation, uh, w- the laser stopped working or something. I never really figured out what it was, but we had to play games with the disc tray open. Oh, yeah. Uh, because it was putting too much pressure on the CD or something. Or <laughs> anyway, like, th- the thing is, though, I mean, to to mechanically get that, like, you had to engineer this little kludge that, uh, that, that kept it open with, uh, like, I think we used paper clips at one point. Right. But they weren't sturdy enough. And <laughs> so while you were playing the game, it, the, the thing would shut and the whole thing would turn off um it was it was it was a creator's uh console (laughs) you can see why like little big planet eventually like you know went went to to that uh but uh looking looking at this um there are a lot of games that i'm like oh yeah hey those would be cool to revisit but there were quite a few on the list that i realized were actually playstation 2 games that that i was remembering um, I would have loved to have seen a, a PlayStation One and Two console. Yeah, yeah. I know, mm, yeah. maybe maybe I'm asking a bit much, but well, like maybe there might be a, a PlayStation Two Mini in a few years once we can make microchips that small 
and once the costs come down enough. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Wait a few years, and there might even be a PlayStation 4 Mini with 20 inbuilt games, God of War. Uh, <laughs> I don't think it's a matter of, like, you can't shrink a PlayStation 2 down to yeah. that size. I think it's more just they have to wait till the nostalgia is stewed for yeah. long enough, right? Yeah. yeah. Phones can already run, like, Grand Theft Auto 3 with no trouble at all. Mm. Um, so it's just a matter of, like, people being like, oh, remember Grand Theft Auto, the original one? I was 12 when that came out. And then those people, when they've got disposable money, that's how they get them. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I have like 12 of those uh, NES minis and NES classics, right? Mm. Just Mm. to try and recapture a part of my youth. I I love my SNES mini. It's great. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Alrighty, that is it for the weekend gaming news headlines. You're listening to Z Games. We'll be back real soon. Razor, Lee, and Tom in studio with you for the next little while. And Lee, you've been playing Dead Cells. I have. I've been playing Dead Cells, uh, which you described as a roguelike Metroidvania hybrid. Uh, it's basically it's a hard platformer that uh, reimagines and randomizes itself every time you try to play through it, um, and it is. I, I get a lot of uh, a lot of I mean you know the, the classic Castlevania style and, and Metroid vibes off it, but also a lot of it feels to me like the Aladdin game on the Mega Drive. Oh, that was a good one. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Uh, it just has that exact same feel, particularly of like the dungeon levels. Like those are it's like they've been trans- transplanted. Uh, it was by a company called Motion Twin. It's been in early access on the PC for a little while. I, I bought it in early access earlier in the year. It just came out on the Switch um, and it's you know it's got a full proper release now. Uh, I should just check whether it's on the other consoles. I know it's definitely on the Switch uh, and oh yes it did come to the PlayStation and Xbox as well which is rad. Um, and uh, it's really great. It just it's a very simple concept. You are a mass of goopy cells that have uh, found a corpse in a prison uh, taken over this body and then you have to escape and you're this like weird glob-headed ninja who has a, a bunch of basic starter weapons that, that you acquire at the start of a run and you every time that you start playing uh, you are in the bottom levels of a prison and then you are escaping through the sewers and then onto the ramparts and and you know into the weird fishing village and you will go through the same series of levels but they will the the way that they are constructed will be randomized out of parts each time uh, there'll be the same kinds of enemies in each one um, but uh, you will find different equipment over the course of a run and you will also gain uh, resources, which are cells from creatures that you kill, uh, and gold, and you use these uh, to purchase upgrades. And the clever thing that they have done is that they've they've tied a sort of Dark Souls like uh, resource in the souls, uh, in the cells, I should say, cells, cells. <laughs> there. Um, so you you acquire these over the course of a run. You will cash them in at the end of each level. Uh, to purchase upgrades for future playthroughs, right? So you start off with just a basic shield, a basic bow, and a basic sword, and then you will find new equipment or recipes for new equipment, which you then pour these 
cells into so that you can have access to those in future runs or you can eventually you will you will unlock the ability to randomly have a different weapon rather than just having them be um propagated throughout the the future levels so you start off with a very limited amount of tools but with a a really solid chunky like combat heavy platformer that you know over the course of an hour or two of replaying abilities and dying horribly and losing all of your assets and going back again you will end up with you know access to a laser whip or the ability to kick guys into doors and have their bodies explode or uh, have freeze bombs or massive hammers or things of that nature you you have quite a, a wide arsenal and then even within that there you will acquire variations so the starter sword is is lame but uh, you could get very, very lucky and like suddenly acquire you know a a very, very cool like flaming laser hammer thing just accidentally over the course of a run, which will then you know give you this amazing amount of progression before you die from your own foolish mistakes again. It is very, very good at being both frustrating in a way where you feel like you died because it 's your fault, but then also just uh randomly giving you a fun new tool that it's way more powerful than you could probably handle just when you feel like you desperately need a little bit more progress uh i was you know i hit a wall for a while in my early sessions and then suddenly just like managed to fluke it find a treasure chest with a cool sword in it and then i was i was annihilating everything and i was defeating bosses and i like pushed way way into the game and then i died because of a fisherman with a giant cannon i think creature designs are spectacular and everything is uh has a really uh uh well communicated move set um the point where you should when you see something you're like i know exactly how this creature moves i know how to fight it and it will still kill you uh and and once again you're like this is my fault i have to get much better at this game it is it's very video gamey uh and it's very uh, heavily inspired by these classic pro, you know, uh, platformer games from the 16-bit era, but it is also very modern in it, the way that it wants you to replay things and, and think about your experience and pace yourself as well. Uh, mm. It is it is a good good time. There's a lot of these sort of games that are coming out now. Yes. Uh, Guacamelee yep. is, is another one but instead of uh, weapon based combat it's got like street fighter moves and stuff like that wrestler moves Guacamelee Rest- yeah yeah yes. um, why do you think that is is it because the people that grew up playing games like Metroid and Castlevania are, are of age to create games or what's this the sudden rush of nostalgia for this style of game I, I think that um, for indie game devs it is a it's a style that allows you to do something sort of on the cheap while still stretching yourself as a designer in in ways that are also kind of obvious, right? So these are games about um, building an environment that you can travel back and forth across. uh, And over the course of play, you will gain the tools you need, you know, to, to deal with the very specific set of locked doors that you would you encounter right now that lock could be that you know something is on a platform that you can't jump to you know when you when you only have your level one version of jump or whatever um but it's all about being able to gate content but 
let people know that it's there for later on so that when they then acquire this new tool to get immediate progress they can then go oh i can now go back and do this cool thing so uh it's it's a you know there's obviously a nostalgia thing but also it is a style of game that designers can make so that they feel smart as designers in the way that they construct them right Hmm. yeah so it's a little bit of um I don't want to say masturbation on the radio. <laughs> well, you've already said so many things tonight that this this feels it's, tame in comparison. It's like game design masturbation. No, I I don't think that at all. I think it's more just that um, you feel like you are a game designer when you are designing these games more so than you would like. I, I think if you, what you're saying is if you're spending a lot of time on 3D art assets and stuff, yeah, then you're not spending that that time thinking how can we make this game fun or interesting or let's let's put something cool here yeah yeah whereas if you're mm. working on a two-dimensional sort of uh thing where you're where you've got these scenarios and areas that, that can be reused and repurposed and mm. um it it allows for a lot more evolution laterally rather than yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. like they're very very video gamey you know they're all concerned with finding this key for this door mm. and you know this tool to defeat this boss and you know finding this secret here that will allow you to do that like these are all very which, which works yeah in, in yeah. the right environment yeah and this is an incredibly successful one mm. uh and and something i can easily recommend uh to people who who have any kind of nostalgia for that kind of gameplay it is a very very good 2d platformer you will have a lot of fun you will hit your head on the wall a lot early on and throughout your entire time with the game but you will get a constant sense of progression it's really really good at making you feel like you are you are getting better at it and mm. also it's giving you more tools yeah it, it, it sounds a bit like uh, rogue legacy in that way which yes. was a game where you're constantly dying and being reset but yep. because of this fantastic meta game where you were uh you know with each run you were upgrading your abilities you were even though you'll reset constantly, you are still progressing. Yes. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, it's good. It's a it's a darn good video gamey video game. We've been talking about Dead Cells, which is available now for the PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and the PC, as well as the Switch, which you reviewed it on, Lee? I reviewed the PC version. Okay, yes. cool, yeah. Uh, that's it for this edition of Zed Games. Zed Games is brought to you with the assistance of the Community Broadcasting Foundation. We'll catch you guys next week.